0: Hey, everyone. We are back this week on the What Do They Know podcast. Nick is flying solo today, and he will break down some of the top headlines that we missed over the last few weeks and from week 12. He will give you his updated power rankings and go over some of the key matchups to keep an eye on for the next few weeks. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, we are about to find out what's going on, everybody. We are finally back. This is the What Do They Know podcast. Um, my name is Nick Hoskins. Uh, for those of you watching, you can see that I am solo this week. Um, Jeff Garcia is on the injury report for this week. He is battling, battling a head cold and, and just couldn't make it work. So, um, we wanted to at least get something out there for you guys. Um, it's been a heck of a two weeks. Um, we apologize for not having any content the last two weeks. Obviously one of them was planned with, with me being in Vegas for the weekend with my dad. Um, went to the Jets and Raiders game. That was a blast. Um, uh, but last Sunday was not planned. Uh, I had, you know, my whole household was sick, and I just, you know, Sunday happened to be my worst day where I just couldn't make it work for you guys. So I apologize. Um, you know, me and Jeff had made plans to do an, a separate episode during this week, um, to, to, to hopefully make up for that. And then, you know, Jeff came down with, with the cold on Friday and wasn't able to go and, you know, couldn't make it work again today. So I wanted to at least get something in front of you guys. Um, So Jeff gave me the go ad to just kind of roll solo this week. Um, So we'll see how this goes. So bear with me. So um, we have a lot of stuff to catch up on, right? We obviously being gone for two weeks. um, There's a lot of stuff that happened Um, first and foremost, just the QB injuries um, that have happened specifically in the AFC North. Um, Obviously in the last two weeks, we lost uh, Joe Burrow from the Bengals and Deshaun Watson from the Browns, both season ending injuries. Um, and both of those are huge, right? Because the Browns currently, excuse me, um, the Browns currently are in the playoffs. They sit at the the sixth seed at seven and four. The Bengals were on a hot streak. They had just knocked off the the, the Bills. They had won you know three or four in a row, and um, then that the, the injury to, to Joe Burrow happened, and obviously they lost again today. So they're sitting at I believe five and six. So their season, you know took a massive turn um, in a matter of one play, whereas the Browns have still tr- still been able to kind of keep it alive. Um, they, they're they playing quarterback carousel um, today. They had to go to their, their third string guy due to a, um, their starter getting a concussion, so they ended up losing today to the Broncos. But um, those two teams, I mean, we, at one point we were talking about the AFC North being um, the best division in football and possibly all four teams uh, making it in uh, to the playoffs, which hasn't happened in, in, in a very long time. I don't know that it's ever happened, but, um, you know, that was the headline not only three weeks ago. Right. So, um, a lot has changed in a matter of two weeks and injuries, you know, you hate, you hate when injuries impact decisions and impact standings, but specifically with football, you know, it's just the way that it is. It's just part of the game. So, um, those are two huge storylines that we've missed the last couple weeks. Um, one of the top stories that I wrote that I really want to talk about is the Broncos, the Denver Broncos. Um, they have had, I mean, the best turnaround in all of football. I mean, if you think about their season, they, they started out one and five, right? They have since lost, excuse me. They have since won five in a row. They beat green Bay. They beat Kansas city. They beat Buffalo. They beat the Vikings. They beat the Browns. So think about four of those five teams are are could be playoff teams kansas city the vikings and the browns currently are in the playoffs buffalo you could make an argument that they they might what end up in the playoffs as well so it's not like they're beating you know run of the mill you know the patriots or you know the, the panthers or last place teams they're beating contenders and they look like a contender their defense has flipped the switch when you think about the fact that they gave up 70 points to the to the uh the dolphins in week three um their defense has played lights out they 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 basically manhandled the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Um, they made Josh Allen look really bad on Monday Night Football. Um, they made you know the the Josh Dobbs, who everybody loves right now from Minnesota. They made him look you know average finally. Um, and then today, there I, I watched bits and pieces of that game because I had it on the multi view for the for the late games. Um, and they made the 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 Browns look pedestrian. I think they only gave up twelve points to the Browns today. Um, so their defense, I mean, they they ha- I don't know what they did to figure it out. Um, but they have figured it out in a big way. And and Russell Wilson and Sean Payton have figured it out as well. Because you think about the criticism that they were getting uh, at the beginning part of the season. People were saying that Russell Wilson, this contract, this massive trade, this massive mm-hmm. contract could go down as as the worst contract given in the history of the NFL. Um, and he they have completely turned it around. Russell Wilson looks great. Um, their offense has flow. He's he's you know he's scrambling again. He's making off schedule plays like he did with Seattle. What made him so great? Um, you know I think about the throw that he made to Cortland Sutton on Monday Night Football against the Bills. Um, he made another a great throw today, um, front right pylon to their their tight end Troutman. I think his name was um, great throw for scrambling on the run for a touchdown. So he's doing those Russell Wilson type things um that we didn't see last year and we didn't see in the first six weeks um and and we're starting to see it now so they they're a phenomenal story um i i mean no nobody can say that they saw this turnaround coming midway midway through the season when they were one and five and they are they're right there they're in the thick of it and i mean with the teams that they've already beaten you can't really say that there's any team when you look at the remaining schedule that you can automatically chalk up as a loss i say that you know they they're pretty much going to be competitive if they keep playing like this um in in every game and every week so um i think they're a really really good story um <clears throat> the afc wild card picture is is really really getting interesting um and it's kind of for the things that i already talked about right we talked about the the Bengals, they fell out of it they're i don't really expect them to do much um with jake browning they, they lost today they went to five and six um denver's moving up coming up out of nowhere you think about the wild card picture right now so currently we have pittsburgh at seven and four don't even get me started on them. I'll talk about them in a minute. Browns at seven and four, who we already talked about Indianapolis at six and five. I mean, good for them. Good for Shane Steichen. Um, they lost their starting quarterback week three or week four, and they weren't expected to do anything anyways this season, um, but they're sitting at six and five in that last wildcard spot. And then those teams that you have, you know, in the hunt um, Houston at six and five, they're a phenomenal story. Den- Denver, who we already talked about and Buffalo at six and six. Um so there is a lot left to be decided, right? I mean it's week 12, we have six more weeks left of football and <clears throat> anything could happen. I think that the the you know I talked about Pittsburgh. They're 7 and 4 and that is just just mind-blowing to me. Um when you think about the fact that they have been outgained in total yards every single week this season and they're 7 and 4. They've won 7 of those games in which they've been outgained in total yardage. That is just a credit to coaching and a credit to their defense. I mean, Jeff and I have talked at length about what we think about Mike Tomlin, um, and I mean he he's on full display this season with with what he's been able to do. Um, obviously, they made the change this past week; um, they fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, can't really say that it made a huge impact this week. Um, they didn't light the world on fire. They got the W, um, but again they were playing the they were playing the playing the Bengals and their backup quarterback um and I think that was that was a game where their defense just pretty much dominated so um and that's what it's been like all season they don't they're not flashy they don't they don't you know make these huge chunk yardage plays put up a a ton of yards um their offense is very pedestrian and you know I I don't know that it's sustainable obviously it's been sustainable for two-thirds of the season so far so who's to say that it can't continue but at some point that's that that stat that I threw out at the beginning where, you know, they're, they're being outgained in in every single game. I feel like that's going, going to come into play um, at some point this season. So um, they're a very interesting one. The Browns at seven and four, um, you know, their defense, again, it's the same story as Pittsburgh, right? Their defense is phenomenal. They have arguably the best defense in the league and they've gone through three different quarterbacks so far this season. Um, So, I mean they've shown that they can win with just about anybody at quarterback. Um now is it sustainable? Again, it's the same question as as the Steelers. I don't know yet that it's that it's sustainable. Um they lost to the Broncos today and their offense did not look good. Um so we'll see what happens there. And then Indianapolis, I mean you talk about the the value of a good backup quarterback. I mean, as a Jet fan, <laughs> I could sit here and talk about this for hours and hours and hours you think about i saw somebody tweeted today that gardner Minshew, the backup who who is now the starter for the colts due to injury he signed a three and a half million dollar deal um in the offseason to be the colts backup quarterback that's like nothing when it comes to quarterback money um so you think about how many teams could have really really used him this year the jets right the browns um the Bengals. The Colts, the Colts did it. I mean, so good for them. Um, obviously he was familiar with Shane Steichen, and them both coming from Philadelphia. Um, so it kind of was a natural fit, I think for both of them. But now that signing is proving to be gigantic um, because I mean, granted, he's not, he's not turning into Joe Montana, um, but he's, he's being, he's doing what he needs to do to help his team win games. And so, you know, they're six and five, they have that last wildcard spot as of now. And so we'll see what happens. Um, but you talk about those teams that are in the hunt. Houston at six and five. I think that they will eventually get one of those three spots. I've watched a a good amount of their games the past three or four weeks. And um, I just, I love, I love everything about Houston. Um, I love CJ Stroud. I love their coach. I love their weapons. Tank Dell, um, partially because he's on one of my fantasy teams and he's helping me just big time the last couple of weeks. They have a really, really dynamic passing game. And they can do enough in the run game as well. They took they got Devin Singletary this past year from um, from Buffalo, who I was always a huge fan of. I watched a lot of him when he was in Buffalo, and I always felt like um, he, he's one of those prototypical guys that just a just a gritty guy. He never goes down on the first tackle, always gets extra yardage. Um, and Buffalo just never really used him to his fullest potential. Um, and he's turned up huge because Damian Williams or excuse me, Damian Pierce um, has been out um, since the middle of October. And so um, they they have a, a phenomenal passing game. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, uh, Robert Woods, um, and they, they can do it in the run game as well. And C.J. Stroud, you would never know that he's a rookie. Um, he's playing just out of his mind right now. So um, I, th- I if I was a betting man right now, I would say that Houston will overtake probably the Browns or maybe even Indy. I don't know. Um, I think that, that Houston will... F- fit into one of those wild card spots. If not win the division. They the division is not out of hand. Um obviously they had a huge chance today. They they were playing Jacksonville who was who was one game ahead of them. Um and Jacksonville um was able to get the W. So now they have that deficit facing them. So we'll see if they're able to do that. It's not out of reach. Um but I think at minimum they're going to end up as a wild card team. Um and what a great story. Um what a great story for them. I mean, I think they're over under on total wins this year. Was like three and a half like so nobody vegas all the casinos all the betters like nobody had any expectations for them this year um and so i think that them doing what they're doing is already an awesome awesome story um and i'm excited to see where they go um i think the big one that you know we could talk about and everyone is really curious to see what happens is buffalo right um excuse me they're six and six they lost a heartbreaker today to philadelphia Their offense the last two weeks kind of looks like they're starting to figure it out. Um, Obviously, they fired Ken Dorsey after the Monday night loss to Denver. Um, Their offense was great against the Jets last week. Um, And the Jets have a good defense, so that's nothing to shrug your shoulders about or say, oh, it's just the Jets. The Jets have a great defense, and they made their defense look not good at all. Um, And then they put up 34 points today against Philadelphia, who also has a very, very good defense. Um, so I think their offense is starting to figure it out. Um, I would, I would argue that they should have won that game today. Um, Philadelphia did not play well. Didn't really look like they were playing with much emotion. Um, Jalen hurts at one point was sitting on the sideline looking like his dog died. Um, and they were able to, I mean, credit to them. They were able to squeak it out when they were not playing their best at all. Um, but I think Buffalo definitely deserved, um, to win that game. So they're sitting at six and six. Um, they have their bye week and then I'll pull up the remaining schedule. I know we've talked about it, um, on this show before. I just want to make sure that that I'm getting it accurate. (coughs) Excuse me. I apologize. As, As you can tell, I'm still, um, battling the elements coming off of a cold, actually coming off of, uh, coming off of RSV, our whole family, our kids got it. My wife got it real bad. Um, and then I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I got the last of it, but we're powering through. So after their bye week, they got the Chiefs, which obviously that's a tough game in Kansas City. Then they're home with the Cowboys, another very tough game. And then they're at the, the Chargers, so they got to go to the West Coast. The Chargers are probably the best four-win team in the NFL, I would say, right? They they have an offense that can score with anybody. Um, and then they have the Patriots at home, hopefully. I mean, that you can say that should be a win, but – They've already lost to the Patriots this year, so we'll see what happens there. Um, and then they finish the season at Miami. So currently, they are two and a half games behind Miami for the division. Obviously, they're right there with the wild card. They're a half game back. Um, I think that I think that Buffalo is a team that that sh- that can't obviously has the potential, has the firepower to um, get back in there, but their schedule is is no. No easy thing. If they play like they did today, they will win. They will win their fair share of games. How many left is that? That's one, two, three, four, five. I would say they win three or four of those games, Um, which that'll put them at nine or ten wins. And that's going to be right on the cusp of, you know, getting in or not. So we'll see what happens with Buffalo. They're a really intriguing story. But you think about the teams that <clears throat> currently are not in and, and don't look like they're going to be in. um, Obviously, Cincinnati, we talked about the Chargers we talked about, um, you know, so there's a lot there's a lot going on in the AFC. And I'm really, really curious to see kind of how how it plays out. Um, so I have an overreaction for you guys. I have one overreaction um, courtesy of our, Jeff, our our co-host, Jeff Garcia, who's obviously not here with us today. Um, but he, he, when we were talking today and, and I told him I was going to throw something together for you guys and not sure how long it was going to be, but, um, <clears throat> he wanted to throw out an overreaction and I'll, I'll read I, I don't even know if he thought this was an overreaction. Honestly, um, I'll read to you what he said. Um, as for some quick thoughts, both of our teams will enter next year with new coaching staffs. So you think about, you know, obviously he's a saints fan and I'm a jets fan. I have been on the Robert Sala train for a really long time. I think he's a great coach. Um, he's not the reason that they're losing. Now having said that, I this past game this past week, the Black Friday game against the Dolphins was the first game where I really started to get fed up and 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 started to wonder if he needed to go And <clears throat> the reason I say that is just the stupid, penalties and mistakes that they make week after week. Now, I had this conversation with my dad when we were in Vegas, just kind of talking about the Jets and, and you know, how they look and what their problems are. And I said, you know, people always say that penalties are on the coaching staff. And I've never really been one to understand that or, or subscribe to that. Like at the end of the day, <clears throat> the players are making those decisions. The players are jumping off sides, the players are having a false start, they're holding, they're grabbing a face mask, whatever it is, right? How can you hold the coaches accountable to that? I've never really been able to wrap my mind around that or really get on board with that thought. Um, But at some point, you have to do something as a coach, right? Um, if If your team is continuously making bad decisions and killer mistakes that put you in a position where you just can't score points, which is exactly what the Jets do, um, it's, it has to fall on the coaches at some point, right? You think about, you know, I can think of three or four plays in each of their last several games where they had something going, they had momentum, they were, they had a good offensive drive and something stupid happened, whether it was a penalty, um, a drop, a false start holding, whatever, um, a, 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 you know, a drop ball, like I already said, um, that, that basically ended the drive. Um, and at any momentum that they had, and they either settled for no points or they settled for a field goal. Um, they have scored 10 offensive touchdowns in their first 11 games, which I'm pretty sure is historic, um, historically bad, not in a good way. Um, and so I say all that to say that while I've never been one to really blame penalties on the coaches, at some point you have to be held accountable for not holding your players accountable, if that makes sense. Um, you can't just sit there and let these things continue to happen, and not, you know, blame it on the players. Like you, you, it has to fall on you. You are the one that sets the tone for your players in your locker room, and, and your the standards that your team plays by. And and the Jets, they're they're just they, it's just gone on too too long and too far. Now, those of you who know me really well, um, I will watch every single minute. Of every single jet game. Um, I don't care if they're getting blown out 40 to nothing. I will watch till the end of till the clock hits zero. Just because I like to dissect games. I like to I, I just I love to watch football. I'll watch every minute, especially when it's my team. Um, and I turned off the Dolphins game, the Black Friday game with probably about 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Um, I was just I was seething mad and I was just so frustrated because, um, again, I felt like the defense played well enough. In the first half, they had they they, they picked off Tua twice, um, and obviously they had that stupid hail mary. Which I'm not. I, I had no problem with that play call. Um, I know a lot of the players said they were surprised that they called it. You need points. Like you you you, you got to try anything at this point. Now, the fact that they ran it back, yeah, that's a really terrible look. And of course, it's a, it's a very jet thing to have happen. But I have no problem with them going for the hail, hail mary in that situation. But. um they had a ton of momentum right there. They had picked off two or twice in like his last three throws. One of them was a pick six. Um, and that game was there. That game was 10-6. Um, so who knows what would have happened in the second half. But as the game started to get out of reach, the Jets kind of kept making more and more mistakes. And in the fourth quarter, um, the game was was out of reach. It was, you know, 27-6 to, to six at this point or something like that. And it was they had like a fourth and two at the 50-yard line. And, you know, they're getting ready to go for it because why not? And they had a false start. And it made it fourth and seven. And I don't even know if they ended up going for it again. I don't know if they punted. I don't know what they did. I was so frustrated that they just can't even hike the ball without jumping off sides when they're getting blown out. Fourth and two. Now you just get you went from a fourth and two to a fourth and seven. I was I was and it's you know, it's something little. But when it continues to build and build and build, I got so frustrated. I turned off the game and I never do that. I cannot remember the last time I turned off a game early. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I watch every single minute of every single game, and so um, I was seething mad. I was tense, and I just needed to turn it off. And I don't know. Again, I don't know if they ended up going for it still, um, or if they punted. Doesn't really matter, right? They ended up losing. I think it was like thirty-six to thirteen or something like that. Got blown out again. Um, <clears throat> but I, I. So I say all this to say, I'm starting to, and. and you know, we'll see how the remaining six weeks go. Um, If Rodgers comes back, what the offense looks like, if Rodgers comes back, all that good stuff. But this week was the first week where I really started to get on board with maybe the maybe maybe the Jets need to make a bigger change than I thought. Maybe it's because I think Nathaniel Hackett needs to go. And I think that the only reason he – I told my dad this two weeks ago that the only reason he hasn't been fired yet is because he's Aaron Rodgers' guy. Um Any other team – with this offensive performance, they would have fired their, their offensive coordinator a long time ago. And I think that he still has a job because of Aaron Rogers. Um, so I think he's gone in the off season anyways, at least I hope. Um, but I'm starting to kind of get on board with maybe the fact that Robert Salah needs to go to, I'm not, you could, you very easily can convince me. Otherwise I'm not sold on that yet. Um, but this was the first week where I really thought about it and considered that maybe they need to make a change. So We'll see what happens with the Jets. As far as the Saints, um, I did not watch their game this week. Um, obviously, they had a big divisional matchup with the Falcons, which they lost. Now both of those teams are five and six. But Atlanta is in the division lead, obviously, via the tiebreaker against the Saints. Um, so I didn't watch that game. Um, I couldn't I, I don't I don't have very much breakdown for you. All I can tell you is what I have seen and, and what do I what I know as far as who's on their roster and talent and all that. Um, and in my opinion, there's zero reason that this team should be five and six. Um, they have way too many offensive weapons. Um, and, you know, I think a big indictment on Derek Carr. I was a big Derek Carr fan. I am a big Derek Carr fan. Um, excuse me. Um, me and Jeff were both really excited when the Saints signed him. Um but a big indictment on him is when he went out two weeks ago against the Vikings. Um, so I was actually in Vegas. I watched that game. Um, my dad and I watched games all day at the sports book, um, at the hotel we were staying at, it was, it was glorious. But, um, when he went out of that game with the concussion and with the shoulder issue and Jameis Winston came in, they were throwing it all over the field. Um, they got Chris Olave involved. Kamara obviously did his thing. Michael Thomas, um, and they, they they marched right down the field and scored two or three times and actually made it a competitive game. Um, and so when you look at that, obviously, Jameis, you know, he, do, he did what he does and he, he threw at least two picks. So there's always that with him. But um, I thought it was really surprising to me how the offense looked when Jameis came in versus how it's looked for, you know, 10, 11 weeks with Derek Carr. Um, and so that's, That's surprising. And I think that's coaching. That's gotta be, that's gotta be coaching. They're not getting the, some, there's some disconnect between car and the coaching staff. And I've, I talked about, I talked about it on this show in the past, how when I watch saints games, he's always yelling at the sideline. He's always yelling at somebody. So he's, he just doesn't look like he's happy for one reason or another, whether it's obviously performance, um, you know the scheme. I don't know if he doesn't like the offensive play calling, what the situation is, but Carr just looks like he is just not on board with what they have going on offensively in, in New Orleans, and it's showing with their performance. Um, he they should be putting up way more points, um, than what they scored tw- 12 or 15 points today, all field goals. They didn't score one offensive touchdown. Um, and so I think that I, I think Jeff could be 100% correct with the Saints that their coaching staff they're going to get a big a big revamp. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if their whole staff is gone. Um, I really haven't seen a lot from Dennis Allen, their head coach to, to really like or dislike or say, yeah, he's awesome or no, he's a, he's a chump. I haven't really seen that. Um, But I think just based on the fact that they are massively underperforming this year and, and, and at the end of the day, they can still win the division. They're tied for first. Obviously they, they Atlanta has it via the tiebreaker, but um, they very, very easily could still win this division. So we'll see what happens in the next six weeks. But if it continues down this path, I think that um, that Dennis Allen and the rest of their coaches are are definitely uh, going to be relocating somewhere. So um, we'll see what happens there. But I thought that that was a really, really interesting take from Jeff. Um, and and it's, not, it's not that far off on, on either of them, the Jets or the Saints. You could very easily convince me that both of those coaching staffs will be gone and um i don't think that that would sound crazy at all so i thought that was a good one from him um i will give you guys obviously jeff's not here to pick it apart or or tell me that i'm crazy but i'm going to give you guys my power rankings um obviously there's been a lot that's happened over the last few weeks a lot of teams have kind of shown up a lot of teams have kind of digressed um so at number one i had the 49ers back on top um they've shown the last two weeks they, they obviously they they just manhandled Seattle um, on Thanksgiving, and then the week prior, uh, while I was in Vegas, I watched them just completely annihilate Jacksonville. Both of those are playoff teams. Jacksonville is a division lead, uh, division leader right now, the AFC South, um, and neither of them were were competitive at all. Um, the, the The Niners look like they are back to being that five and zero team before they went on that three game losing uh, losing skid. Um, obviously, the trade deadline they did it. They did it last year with getting Christian McCaffrey. They did it again this year with trading for Chase Young. Now you got Joey uh Nick Bosa on one side of the defensive line. And now you have Chase Young, who they played together. They were uh, college teammates at Ohio State. So they obviously they have that cohesion and that chemistry. Um and in a move like that, it just naturally creates energy. It creates a spark for a team. Um, and it showed, it has showed the last two weeks. Um so I think that the Niners are right back to where they were, um, being that number one team in, in the NFL and, and in, in the NFC. Um, I had the Eagles at at two. Um, obviously, they're ten and one. They're the only one loss team in the NFL, so it's hard not to put them at one. But you know, it, this is the same conversation that I was having on this show with Jeff for the first several weeks of the season, and that being that, that they just don't look right. And I know it's ridiculous to say that of a ten and one team, but today I've already talked about it. They didn't. I don't think they deserve to win that game today. Um, they didn't look like a ten and one team today. They, they, they did what they did, right. Good teams find a way to win. And at the end of the day, good credit to them. But when you talk about comparing them to these other four teams, um, or specifically, I guess the Niners, um, I think the Niners are going to beat them and next week will be a perfect, um, a perfect time to tell that because they play each other. So I have, I have the Eagles behind the Niners right now. And obviously that could very easily, um, change after, after next week, um, Detroit. I have Detroit number three. I know they lost to green Bay this week. Um, but I, I really like what Detroit is doing. You're always going to have those clunkers. Um, obviously you'd like not to have it on Thanksgiving. You'd like not to have it after a couple big wins like they have had, but it's happened nonetheless. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really worried about them. I still think they're going to be fine. I still think they're, you know, top two, three team in the NFL. Um, and so I, 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 I really like what Detroit's doing. They have a ton of weapons. Their offense has good flow. Obviously, Goff did not have his best game, um, but I expect them to bounce back. So I have them at number three. I have the Chiefs at number four. Um, they beat the Raiders today. They're sitting at, what, eight and three, um, top you know in the, NFC, in the AFC. Um, I think that the Chiefs are what the Chiefs are, right? They, they lost to the Eagles last week um, in comeback fashion. excuse me, I apologize. Um, But I think that they are going to be the chiefs of the fourth best team in the NFL, you could very, I'm really, really curious to see not next week, but the week after how they look against Buffalo, um, because it seems like those two teams, they bring out the best in each other. And so I feel like that will be a good, a good tell on on what those two teams are. um, And so we'll see what happens there. Five. I have Baltimore. Um, They're playing right now as we, you know, they just scored as we speak. Um, they're up seven to three against the chargers or six, I guess, six to three, um, extra point pending. Um, so I, I, the Baltimore, I know they had that game two weeks ago against Cleveland, um, where they had that huge lead and, and, you know, Cleveland kind of crawled back and ended up winning that game in kind of m- miraculous fashion. Um, that was the game that Deshaun Watson ended up getting injured, but he, he, he gutted it out. He played the whole game, um, but they ended up losing him for the season. So Um, tough, tough win there for Cleveland. But, um, besides that, I mean, Baltimore has looked just completely dominant. Um, and so I, um, I, I have them, you know, as number five right now. And so for me personally, I think it's really interesting that three out of my top five, actually my top three teams, um, are all in the NFC. When you talk about the storylines at the beginning of the season, everything was, oh, AFC, AFC, AFC. It's so loaded, um and for me personally, my three best teams are in the NFC. Um, so I, I think that that's really, really interesting. Um, and we'll see what happens the rest of the way. I, I, you know, this is, you know, Thanksgiving is where it really gets good, right? This is where every game matters. Um, I mean, every game matters in the NFL. You only get 17 of them, but after Thanksgiving, it's really, these, these games are crucial. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the way. Um, I'm not going to do studs and duds for you guys this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for for Jeff to come back and and kind of help me out with that. But I just wanted to highlight some big games for next week. Um, number one, be, I already talked about it: San Francisco at Philadelphia, um, NFC Championship rematch last year. Obviously, Brock Purdy, you know, he tore out his elbow, um, and the Eagles won that game very easily um, because they they had no quarterback um, to throw the ball. Um, that they being San Francisco. So I'm really curious to see that rematch. Obviously I already talked about the fact that I think the Niners will win that game. If they play, if the two teams play like they did this week, the Niners and the Eagles, I think the Niners will win that game. Um, So I'm really curious about that. Um, The Thursday night game is, is going to kick the kick the week off. Great. Um, We got Seahawks at Dallas. Um, Both of them played on Thanksgiving. So it's not a short week, um, which I like that they do that. Um, They give these teams a full week, of preparation still obviously you're playing thursday to thursday um so you don't have that short week like you normally do on a thursday but um seahawks at dallas that could be a really important game specifically for seattle because it's starting to look like they are not going to win the division obviously they got manhandled by san francisco on on thanksgiving night um, so it's kind of starting to seem like, you know, San Francisco separating themselves. And when you talk about wildcard, um, the Seahawks are right there at six and five and right above them is Dallas at eight and three. Um, so it, it's a two game lead, but I mean, if you, you beat Dallas in Dallas. Now it's only one game and you have that tiebreaker that could come down being really, really important in the last couple of weeks for, you know, seating and, and tiebreakers and things of that nature. So, um, that that'll be a good Thursday night game. Um, and then another one, which you would have never convinced me at the beginning of the year that this was going to be an important game or potentially good game. And that's Broncos at Texans. Um, and again, for the same reason that I just talked about with the, with the Cowboys and the Seahawks um, and that's for wild wildcard um, seating. Obviously neither of those teams are in right now. Um, but both of them, you know, they're both tied for the last spot at six and five. And so that's going to be huge for seating for tiebreakers, all that good stuff. Um, so that game I think could be really, really interesting and it's kind of strength versus strength, right? The Broncos defense has so has been so dominant in their five game winning streak and the Texans have such a dynamic offense um, that I'm really curious to see um, what happens, happens the rest of the way or specifically in that game next week. So just wanted to highlight a couple good games for you guys this week. Um, there aren't a ton. If I'm being totally honest, there aren't a ton of good matchups besides those three. Um, Kansas City at Green Bay, I think, is the Sunday night game. Eh, you know. Obviously, we'll see what Green Bay does. They're interesting. They had a huge win in um, in, in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Um, Jordan Love is starting to figure it out. Obviously, they they beat the Chargers two weeks ago. They beat the the cow. Excuse me, the Lions. Excuse me. I really apologize. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so I guess that good that Sunday night game could end up being interesting um, with the Chiefs at at Green Bay. Um, see if Dallas or excuse me, Green Bay can continue that hot streak. So a um, couple good games for you guys to, to next week. And um We'll we'll get back to normal hopefully next week. All things you know, knock on wood. Obviously, we'll get a full show for, show for you guys. Obviously, Jeff will be back with me. Hopefully, I won't be coughing my brains out. I apologize for that. Um, I'm still, obviously, as you can hear, recovering from from the RSV. Um, but we are all healthy, so thank you thank you for that. Um, we're very thankful. Um, but again, I just really wanted to get something out for you guys. I felt really bad that we haven't had any content the last two weeks obviously we committed to two episodes this week with Jeff being out obviously that didn't happen so again apologies for that Um, but hopefully you know this will hold you guys over until Jeff gets back next week and we can get back to our 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 full slate our full schedule Um, and you know we'll be we'll both be healthy and ramped up for the remaining six weeks um, and get ready for the playoffs so um, appreciate you guys sticking with us thank you for listening through my um, me coughing my brains out again. I apologize for that. And, um, as always send in content, send in any topics that you guys want us to discuss. Obviously, you know, being gone two weeks, there's probably a lot of storylines that we didn't, that I didn't discuss. Um, so if, you know, send us a message on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, text us, whatever you want to do. Um, if I can guarantee you that if you message us, we will throw it in the show. Um, so just throw that out there. We have never decided not to bring anything up in the show that somebody recommended to us. So, um, we will make it happen. Um, and hope you guys enjoyed the show and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to what did they know podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.